Hello and welcome to episode four of Sun and Rain. I've been spending the last several days studying, reading, writing um, this sleep course that that I've been mentioning in the last episodes and I have just been learning so much and so I wanted to pop on and talk a little bit about how I'm linking some of my thoughts and life experiences to both sleep and what I'm reading for just life and personal development. Um, when I first started to consider sleep training, my twins, they were like seven months old. So we were seven months tired. We were seven months depleted, seven months stretched thin. And that first night we lived in this cool, um, duplex kind of house. So it was kind of big and we had the top floor and then we rented out the basement. And so the house was old, but it had like big open rooms, um, nice carpet, big kitchen, had a big wraparound porch actually in the front, but it was in like a ghetto neighborhood. (laughs) So it was a funny house, but we really enjoyed it. And, um, it was like lots of windows and little backyard with a fence and, I mean, it was a big three-car garage, but seriously, like, really crappy neighborhood. Anyway, it worked for us at the time. It turned out to be a good move financially. Anyway, I'm laying, literally put the babies down. We did our whole thing, our whole routine. Um, I'll talk about that a different time, but, but it was the moment of truth, right? We laid them down for the night, and I laid down right outside their door on the carpet in this hallway in between our bedrooms because I just knew it was going to be rough and it was rough. They cried. And as I studied and wrote today about that issue of crying it out, right? That's a big buzz topic when it comes to sleep training, raising newborns, that kind of thing, crying it out. Um, there's a Dr. Ferber who writes about, extinction. He kind of has, I would say, a bad name by the other side of the tribe who says, you know, you should sleep with the babies in your bed. Um, There seems to be like a hostility there, right? Um, Two different schools of thought. And I think if I'm honest with myself, I do lean toward uh, Dr. Ferber's methodology of um, allowing babies some independence and self-soothing, teaching them to be secure and that they don't need to be coddled, held, reassured all the time that they can teach themselves that mom's okay. She's right here, but you know, in the next room and I'm going to learn how to, how to go to sleep and, and, and get myself in that state. Um, but there's a lot of criticism there, um, issues of abandonment, guilt, all those things. And so as I'm laying in the hallway, curled in the fetal position. These are the things I'm thinking about. Are they right? Do the babies feel scared? Are they feeling abandoned? Do they think I've left them forever? I mean, these kind of thoughts are real. They're so real to a mom who's really stepping out on a limb and trying to do the right thing when it's just really challenging. So, I mean, I curled up right there. I don't, I remember Chad just kind of being like, just come to bed. We'll, we'll get through it. But I had a plan. Um, and I really wanted to sleep 
I really wanted to sleep more than that. I really wanted to take control and get, get some order back in our lives. Um, but I fought those feelings of guilt and doubt and just honestly, even the amount of effort it took to do that rather than just go give them a bottle or go hold them for a few minutes till they fell asleep, that kind of thing. But I had been taught all my life, and this came to me today, that you really have to ask yourself, in those kind of moments, are you giving up what you want most for what you want in the moment? In the moment, when you're curled up in the hallway, you just want quiet. You want everyone to be fine and everyone to be happy. But what you want most, what I wanted most, was a regular system where everyone's happy all the time, every night, and they go to bed easily, and mom and dad get some time, and we have some overarching rest, right, that goes on and on, not just for an hour because you did the easy thing. And that's the habit that I studied today in the seven habits of highly effective people, which was putting first things first. One of the quotes that really stood out to me today was that oftentimes the enemy of the best is the good. We want to believe that the enemy of the best is the very worst, but it's the nuance, right? Of the enemy of the best being something that's really good but it's still not the best. And it may be easier in the moment to choose what's good over what's best. Um, I think that comes down to really protecting the plan when you're in a really great state of mind, like when you're writing a mission statement, you're really centered, you know what you want. That's great. But when things get hard, it's a, it's the ability to go back to that place and reassure yourself that that plan deserves to be protected. And that's the same with teaching babies to sleep. You have to protect the routine, protect the plan. Um, Things are always going to come up, right, that challenge that way of thinking. Maybe it's a family birthday party. Maybe it's peer pressure. I mean, I remember one Thanksgiving, um, and this, this wasn't necessarily a sleep issue. The babies were newly out of the NICU. It was RSV and flu season. And so we sat home alone on Thanksgiving because it just wasn't worth, you know, exposing premature babies to whatever viruses their cousins might have at Thanksgiving dinner, passing them around. I mean, it's just, you have to choose what's best for the babies, even though spending family time is good. And so if you can move forward with that determination in your mind, that's what gives you the strength. And it's easier the next time and easier the next time, right? Um, so you have this breakthrough. I mean, for me, I would say that first night laying in the hallway, uh, the babies probably cried for about 45 minutes. And what I did was gradual extinction. That's what I had finally, um, come to terms with in terms of this, uh, argument of crying it out. They weren't left alone to cry cold Turkey one night after nights, months and months of me coming in and reassuring them or rocking them to sleep or whatever I had been doing. Um, we didn't quit cold turkey. I came in in five minutes, patted them, made sure they had their pacifier, said something soothing, and then I went out. And the next time I waited 10 minutes, the next time 15, the next time 20. I don't think I ever got to the 20. My babies were easy enough that they were able to go to sleep after that 
point in time. And the same thing with the next night. It cut down to about, you know, 30 minutes of total time. I came in once at 5, once at 10, once at 15. Um, I think by the fourth night, they slept through the night. And then that was our routine. I stayed very consistent at that time. They knew that I was there because I had come in gradually. And then they were confident. They learned to sleep. You know, you think about a seven-month-old baby. Some are sitting up. Some are trying to walk at that time. They can learn a lot of things. Why are we so afraid that they can't learn that mommy loves them even though she's going to let them fuss a little bit? You know, they're learning to say words and listen and talk and respond and look at you when you laugh and laugh back and they pay attention. They stop at music and sound and lights. They can learn the same thing with sleep that when it's quiet and I'm feeling a little bit soothed, I can lay in here and I can go to sleep and ma, I'm safe, right? They can learn those things too. We don't need to underestimate them because of our own script that we've written that that babies are afraid or that moms have to be there all the time or those kind of things. We can let all of that go and just be confident that they can learn. And so can we. We can learn to be in charge, to lead our children down the right path of being well-rested and making good choices. So anyway, these are some of the things I, I... connected today between this habit of putting first things first and also teaching your children to sleep, teaching them that above all else, we're going to protect our schedule. Let your brains grow and rest while you sleep. Um, and that's true for mom and dad too. Let's rest. And then everybody starts over again in the morning. And that kind of confidence, I think, as I taught my babies to sleep has allowed me to then be able to teach others how to do the same thing. Some people don't want to do it this way and that's okay. It's okay if you want to get up in the night with your babies for a long time. Some people are more tolerant and don't need as much sleep. But if you're like me and you are at your wit's end, then maybe it's time to get past some of these negative feelings we have about letting babies cry a little bit, about abandonment and guilt and doubt, about the pressure that people put on you to break your habit, stay out later, you know, give them a bottle anyways, those kind of things. Other people don't get to decide those things for us. We get to decide and then we get to feel great about it and we get to have a sense of personal integrity. The book, um, Stephen Covey talks about that exactly. When you put first things first, it's really an exercise in being a person who lives with integrity, being able to keep a commitment that you've made to yourself first. And that goes back to being able to identify what your overarching goal is, your overarching mission, and come back to that. And of course, that goes way beyond sleep, right? We have to do that with our faith. We have to do that with our household. As babies challenge principles, right? As they become toddlers and teenagers, they want to know why. That we come from a place of principle, And even if we can't always explain it, we can't force anybody to come back to that place with us. We can always return there and then feel secure about the things that we're doing and the choices that we're making. So now that my, these very babies are 14, 
that's what I'm striving for is that they know I'm going to come back to my principles, which is love and faith. And I'm going to make my decisions from that standpoint, even if it upsets them. And even if they don't agree with those principles, someday they'll respect them, even if they don't agree with them. I've been lucky. They do respect them. I think they have the same principles, but they could challenge me any day now and they could break my heart any day, but hopefully I'll be able to come back to that. And as a family, we'll be able to come back to that, even if it's not in that same day. So these are my thoughts. I'd love to hear yours. Talk to you soon.